In Luke 1 verse 35, the angel Gabriel said to Mary, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Somehow the Holy Spirit was vitally involved in the conception of Jesus. His involvement ensured that the child to be born would be both man and God, truly divine and truly human, but without sin. Moreover, we ought also to remember the crucial truth that Mary was a virgin. In the animal world, there are a number of creatures that are capable of fertilizing themselves, acting as both male and female. If you want to look that up uh, at home, you can look for the new Mexico whiptail lizard. It's unusual, but it does happen. But it's unheard of among human beings. What happened with Mary was miraculous. The Holy Spirit, he worked a miracle through his divine power. In all of this, we can see that the triune God was involved in the coming of our Lord Jesus. The Father sent him, the Son agreed to go, and he did. The Holy Spirit participated in his conception and guaranteed his sinlessness. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit were working together when our Lord Jesus came to earth as our mediator. That leads us naturally to ask why? What motivated God in all of this? To answer that, we can go back to what we read from 1 John 4. The sending of our Lord Jesus is mentioned there in the context of love. Verse 7 begins that section with a command to love one another. Why? Because love comes from God. And God's love was supremely demonstrated in what he did with Christ's incarnation. The first coming of Jesus Christ was a picture of God's love for us. God was motivated by love. Do we know exactly what that means? In the world in which we live, love is often confused with all sorts of other things. Often in a selfish way. Think of the expression, making love. Fallen humanity has vandalized love and desecrated its meaning. But from scripture, we know that the most striking characteristic of love is its willingness to give and sacrifice. Isn't that what we see most clearly in the incarnation? Think of John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Love goes hand in hand with giving. And nowhere is this seen more clearly than in the gift of the eternal Son of God, our mediator. He came from God. He came for us. Let's now look in more detail at what that means and the comfort that it gives us. There are several places in the Bible that refer to Jesus Christ as our mediator. One of those places is found in what we read from 1 Timothy chapter 2. In verse 5, we read that there is one God and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Notice how Paul draws special attention here to the human nature of Christ, the man Christ Jesus. Obviously, Christ's human nature is of critical importance for his being a mediator. 
Now we might ask why that is. Why couldn't we have a mediator who just has a divine nature? To answer that, we need to consider more closely what a mediator does. In biblical terms, a mediator is one who restores a relationship. In this instance, the relationship being restored is between God and man, and we have a special name for this relationship. We call it the covenant. The covenant is the relationship between God and man. So when we speak about Christ as our mediator, we should be clear that he is the mediator of the covenant of grace. That's what Hebrews 12 verse 24 teaches us, calling Jesus the mediator of the new covenant. The covenant of grace needs to have a mediator in order to function properly. God's justice demanded that he would be eternally angry with humanity because of their sin. In that scenario, it would be impossible for God to have any friendly relationship with humanity at all. And so it was necessary that we have someone who could step in and intervene on our behalf for us. We needed someone who wouldn't only plead with God for us, but also satisfy God's justice and remove every offence, past, present and future. With such a mediator, humanity could be restored into fellowship with God. This mediator needed to be a true man. Remember from Lord's Day 6 that the justice of God requires that the same human nature which has sinned has to pay for sin. Sin needs to be atoned for through suffering and death. The divine nature couldn't suffer and die. God can't suffer and die. Therefore, satisfaction of God's wrath had to come through a man. But at the same time, this mediator also needed to be true God. One who is only a man would inevitably be destroyed by the immense weight of God's anger against sin. And a mere man would never be able to pay the price completely to God for sin. To restore this covenant fellowship, we needed a mediator who is both true God and true man. In Jesus Christ, we find a mediator who has the right qualifications for the job. Not only is he true God and true man, he was and is also completely innocent and perfectly holy. This was also one of the qualifications needed for the mediator of the covenant of grace. One who was himself a sinner would never be able to pay for others. The Lamb of God who hung on the cross had to be perfectly innocent of himself. His sinless perfection also encourages us. Hebrews 4 verse 15 For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathise with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. In that passage we're told that it's comforting to know that we have someone in heaven who understands us. He knows because he's one of us. He has lived here on this earth. But the good news is that the comfort goes even further. 
Verse 16, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Having a perfect mediator who shares our human nature and has a divine nature means that we can go to God with faith, fully trusting that he will give us mercy and grace when we most need it. Loved ones, I want to show you how that truth works in two different ways. And both of those ways will encourage and comfort you. We confess from the Bible that we're conceived and born in sin. Like it or not, the Bible tells us, and we know from experience, that we remain sinners until the day of our natural death or until Christ returns. However, the good news is that when we trust in the mediator of the covenant, Jesus Christ the righteous, we're declared right with God. We call that justification. Though we remain sinners in practice, we're declared righteous in principle. That means, should we die, or should our Lord Jesus return, we are guaranteed a place in God's presence. We're righteous in God's sight. Christ, the mediator of the covenant, guarantees it. He does that through his suffering and death, but also through his complete innocence and perfect holiness. <clears throat> Reformed theologians have described that as the active obedience of Christ. His active obedience, his complete sinlessness is credited to us, imputed to us. When we believe in this saviour, all the innocence and holiness of Christ covers us and God no longer sees our sin in which we were conceived and born. The curse of sin is removed. And here we see the awe-inspiring grace of God at work and we're filled with praise. But the good news gets better in that the grace of God doesn't stop at that justification as if we get in fellowship with God by grace but then we have to stay in by our good works. Christ is the mediator of the covenant not only in our justification but also in our sanctification. And that's the process by which we grow in holiness. Sometimes people seem to think Christ is good for the beginning of the Christian life but then it's up to us to power through the rest of the way. God does his part and now we have to do ours. <clears throat> However, loved ones, it is a covenant of grace. Christ is our mediator, not only at the beginning of our Christian life, our justification, but also through all the struggles with sin that follow afterwards, our sanctification. The key teaching here is our union with Christ through faith and the Holy Spirit who lives in us. We're united to Christ and so his obedience throughout his life, his holiness, becomes ours not only in principle but also increasingly in practice. It's so important for us to understand sanctification is first of all the work of Christ. Lord's Day 32 captures this biblical way of thinking when it answers the question of why we must do good works by saying that Christ 
having redeemed us by his blood, also renews us by his Holy Spirit to be his image. Notice that the question is about us, but the answer is about what Christ does. Sure, it results in also us doing something, but the focus is first on Christ and what he does. The mediator of the covenant not only works on God's side of the covenant, but also on ours. Now that is a perfect mediator, and that is a great saviour, a saviour we can and will worship. For each and every one of us gathered here this afternoon, whether you're a member or a visitor, an adult or a child, it doesn't matter who you are. We are all called to believe in this saviour. And rejecting his call, saying, no, I don't want it, this is covenant breaking and disfellowship. That's to live distant from God, living at enmity with him. Believing in Jesus Christ simply means embracing the mediator of the covenant, the only one who can bring us near to God, the only one who can bring us into God's family. He is the eternal son of God who became one of us so he could save us. He is the mediator of the covenant of grace who reveals to us God's love and compassion for undeserving sinners. Believe in him and though you die, yet you will live. Amen. Let's now sing hymn 24.
Let's pray together. Gracious God in heaven, we are filled with praise for you again this afternoon. Who is like you, our great God? You've shown us and reminded us of your love and compassion in Jesus Christ our Lord. We thank you that in your love you sent him into this world. Lord Jesus, we praise you for taking on our human nature. We praise you as the sinless one for covering our sin, which continues to be so pervasive in our lives. We praise you as the mediator of the covenant of grace. Lord Jesus, we thank you that your perfect obedience is given to us so that we can be right with the Father and also walk in holiness more and more. And Holy Spirit, we praise you that you worked the holy conception of our Lord Jesus. We praise you for bringing all his benefits to bear in our lives. Lord God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, we praise you as the one God of our salvation. We pray that each one of us here this afternoon would truly believe in Jesus, the only mediator. And we also pray that for our family members, our friends, our work colleagues, for people everywhere. We thank you for the opportunity to give our gifts for the work of mission in P&G this afternoon. And Lord, we pray that people there too would also truly believe in Christ the Saviour. Lord, at the start of this new week, we're about to leave here and get back into whatever it is you've planned for us. When we think about this week ahead of us, some of us have a sense of calm and happiness, maybe looking forward to a time of relaxation and holidays. And we think especially of the year 12s, those who are travelling to Canberra tomorrow and those who are going with them. Bless them and protect them. Lord, you also know that some of us may be feeling overwhelmed at the thought of what tomorrow or even this evening will bring. That maybe the pressure we feel due to not having enough work too much work, no work. Some of us are dealing with strained or broken relationships with friends and family and the sadness and pain that this brings. We experience sadness and grief because of death, serious illness or other life-changing experiences that you give us. And there are words that hurt us and sins we battle with. Maybe we're finding ourselves worrying about the future for our families, our society, our world, your church. Lord, we depend on you this week. We need you to go with us. Help all of us now and evermore to embrace Christ, our saviour, our mediator. Fill us all with joy and the peace which surpasses all understanding. And we pray all of this In the name of the one conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary, Jesus Christ. Amen. You now have the opportunity to give your gifts of thankfulness to the Lord. The collections this afternoon are for the mission work in P&G. And after the collection, we'll stand and sing together Psalm 124.
lift up your hearts unto God, receive the blessing of the Lord, and go in peace. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.